Hello, welcome to a new episode of Purposely Local, where we feature the why and the purpose of businesses, characters, and people around the world of local. My whole idea here is not to talk about what or how you do things, it's more about the why, is the purpose, and how is that reflecting into the craft and the product that you do on your day-to-day. Today, I have the pleasure to be here with a friend and as someone that I admire a lot because of the work that he does since many, many years ago in the New York and the New Jersey area. His name is Samuel Marchan, and Samuel is one of the co-founders of United Children Music Project, formerly known as Union City Music Project. The reason is because now they shift the location to Weehawken where actually my son have the pleasure to be one of the students in the program. And I really see how this program has been evolving and how this vibrant community actually creates a lot of magic with these kids that are learning the craft of music in their early lives. So Samuel is the co-founder. I'm going to speak today with Samuel a little bit about the why, the purpose, and why he decided to dedicate his life into teaching music to children, basically. So welcome, Samuel. Thank you so much, Daniel and Elena, for giving me the opportunity to share what we do with music. I think it, this is, I've been a musician all my life. Professionally, I'm a violist. So I'm a graduate from Juilliard School, and I have a master's in um, NYU in performance. But when I finished school, I said, there are so many musicians. I think I'm going to be one of the thousand or hundreds of thousands that are going to be doing the same thing. And I was afraid to teach. But when I finished, I said, I'm not going to be that. To be into the professional world requires a lot of intensity. But in my family, we're all teachers. And my friend said, there's a need in school in Queens. And I think you could be a good fit. So Lisa, let's try to see what happens. So the first day was like a disaster, man. 40 kids and what do you do? They peel me off. They fry me like they lovely can do. And at the, uh, right after they finished the school, yeah, I have to do something. So finally, I got my act together and I decided to get more specific and additional training. So I discovered during my master's a, a methodology is called the Suzuki method, and uh, which is amazing. It's a methodology and philosophy that was created in Japan to after the war. So I think the Suzuki method was very instrumental in the emotional reconstruction of Japan after World War II. So then I think it has travel all over the world and in the United States has a very strong movement. And also my background has been Venezuelan. I was part of the El Sistema, which is the, the, the network of children and youth orchestras. And it was uh, also a very awesome and vibrant organization that gave opportunity to everybody. So the good thing about music is that music equalizes. Doesn't matter how much or how little you have, is the purpose of being part of a community that helps you to build an orchestra. And is that discipline, is like in a democracy. So everybody has a role, has a responsibility individually to go into the collective. 
So I think when I discover all of these experiences, I say, wow, I think the more we deepen this experience into the little children, I think we can have a better society. And in the United Children Music Project, this is the pioneer inspired program in New Jersey. So we were the first program and it's basically made of Venezuelans because the Michael founder is from Maracaibo and she always had a dream. She worked for Clinton Foundation and she said, and if they do this all of awesome initiative, I think we can do something for my community. That's why it's so relevant. At the, at... No, I was going to say this is the perfect example of something local and something purposely here because you work in a very specific community here in New Jersey where we both, where I live and I know you also are part of it. And then, so... I guess my first question to you, Samuel, you went ahead with a lot of the story and the background, but why music and why kids? Because personally, I think music saved me. Music found me. I uh, This is a story I tell in, we are from Venezuela. We know all the story. We don't want to get into the details, but you know how one person can be uh, so impacting in both ways, negatively and positively. And music in Venezuela, we had uh, Jose Antonio Abreu. This guy was an incredible leader, like a arts man. He was an economist, an amazing conductor. He was the guy who trained Dudamel, who trained him to be who he is. And uh, parallel to it, we have someone like, we have this thing. So music saved me in a way, because instead of going to the military academy to be an army officer, I got music. And I found a teacher that was my inspiration and made me continue on and be who I am up to this point. Were you a kid where you were learning music as well? Yes. I wasn't that kid. I started very late. I was like a 12 years old because okay. uh, for many, but I was basically studying in El Sistema was very critical because my brother was sent by Dr. Abreu to my hometown in Merida from Caracas where he was part of the orchestra to start nucleus and different orchestras around the world, around the Venezuela. And, and he was sent to my hometown. That's how my really solid musical experiences started in the orchestra. Okay, so you answered already why music. Music saved you. So then let's talk about if why decided to teach kids and what is the impact of music in kids today? Because you opened an, an amazing, uh, this is a question because you can have, I, I can share for the why has been my American experience. I have been in this country for 32 years and I've been teaching since 1998. So we're talking about 24 years. I've been, I know, I call it, the, I know the inside of the beast. I've been teaching in New York City and New Jersey area for many years. So I've been fascinated by the wealth of talent and also how everything works a little bit disconnected. You can find things like Juilliard. You can find things like LaGuardia High School. You can find organizations like Kaufman Center here in the city and the Turnhour Center in New Jersey. But things are not connected. And also how communities are so entrenched within their own culture and they don't see a little more in a wider spectrum. For example, when we brought our kids from the Junior City Music Project, the United Children Music Project now, they were at least 40%. We brought them around 2014. A lot of these families who live 15 minutes away 
from New York. Just they have to pass the tunnel and they're in New York. They never been in Carnegie Hall. And this is a just you can see even Carnegie Hall from the other side, from Union City, if you want to. What I found it is the need to really use the music as a community integrator to show the, especially the families from very humble origins that do, their kids have an opportunity, that music can give them better options for better education. For example, my purpose now is to, to, to I always tell the parents, what is your goal? No, I want my kids to have fun. Yeah, but you can see that music and arts are an investment for future. For example, the kid has to present a curriculum when he goes to apply for school now because it's very competitive in general. What do you do? You say, ah, the, the, when the kids see showing the in the curriculum, oh, what you've been doing? Well, I've been learning guitar. I've been learning violin for seven years. I've been part of an orchestra. Wow. So the other side who is reviewing this curriculum and this resume are going to say, wow, this kid has commitment, this kid has discipline, this kid knows how to work in a team. So he's ahead of the game. That's why for me, besides the joy of teaching them the language of music and the music as a universe, when you travel in space and time, because you play music from 300 years ago, but if you don't make it relevant, if you don't make it present, you don't really try to understand it, it doesn't, make it, doesn't mean or means very little or nothing. Yeah, absolutely. How do you apply? And I think I've seen this in person, but I want you to explain it to our listeners. How do you apply this Suzuki methodology into your music craft? And I want you to be very detailed on what you do with the kids and how they build the instruments and all that stuff, because it's fascinating seeing what you do. And yeah, can, can you go over that process and how do you brought that concept and apply it into music and kids? I think m music is a way of living. For example, my, the way I teach, I learn, I, I use it because, for example, the, in I, my specialty is strings. I'm a violin, a viola. I teach orchestras. I build orchestras. So the way you bounce a ball is the same way that you use a ball, but in a, a horizontal or vertical manner. So that's why I make the kid and the parents the connection. Use a ball. If the kid cannot practice with the ball, find the heart. Use a ball because that fascination with the idea of bouncing the rhythm, catching a ball, is going to be inserted in their process of learning and to mastering the idea of having creating a good sound. Because through music, you create a universe. So because uh, Dr. Rao says that music is the most abstract of the art forms. For example, if you are a musician, You sculpting sound, but it's more challenging than a dancer. For example, a dancer uses a space, the body to express. A painter uses the trace, the shape, the, the colors, the textures. We just use the sound. So you need to take imageries and ideas and experiences from different art forms and different life experiences in order to make it relevant and make it interesting for them. For example, the I use, I call it scratching. For example, the sound like when I use uh, get the kids to play on the table is the same sound that you use when you need the you need to create when you make a contact with the ball and the string. So you need to have that little stickiness and it's very physical. You need to feel it and then in order to create a sound, it's like a sparking. Like when you see that the wood is to create a fire, 
is more or less the same thing that happens when you play. So at the same time, is we started at early age because it gave them more time and it takes time to build it. I think the kids are like a garden. The kids, you need to prepare the soil. You need to be, it, it has been an, one of the most fascinating experiences for me. Before I got really hyper because I had 25 kids. I have to show results. I have to make them play. No, now I'm not in a hurry. I create this chaos in order to let the parents come in because it's a partnership. That's the beauty of Suzuki. It's a tripod, the teacher, the student, and the parent. Then what we do is making sure that this partnership happens at home more often. So we create this dynamic, these strategies and, and drills and games that can get the parent closer to the kid when the kid finds it hard to practice. Because now we open another field, which is, for example, learning disabilities. Some kids, I have my own learning disabilities. I'm dyslexic. I have deficit attention disorder. I suffer anxiety. So it's like how music have helped me to deal with those issues and how being as a father too, I've been able to help my kid and help other parents to deal with those situations. And how music can tell them to convey, get them closer as a parent as a, as, and as kids as well. And at the same time, we create a community. That's very interesting. So first time, and I say this as a personal experience, one of the, the main things that got the first time we did, you guys do like a trial when we bring the kids and they kind of expose to all these different concepts and systems. And one of the things that actually surprised me is that you not only adventure to teach music, you also go beyond and you tell the kids how to build their own instruments. So how is that? One of the things that we notice in our nowadays is that we have such an amazing sophistication on companies making toys. I'm not making, I don't want to compete with them. But one thing that we lose in is the idea of the craftsmanship. And I'm lucky that my father always, even though he was an intellectual, he was a Spanish teacher and he was a minister. He always had tools and he taught us to use a saw and to use a hammer. And never we got disconnected with that. In, in the Suzuki world, the initiation is done with a little ruler that represents the bow and a cereal box that represents the violin or the viola or the cello. But one thinking ahead, he said, wow, why we don't make our kids to build their own instruments? And this is a concept that started in Venezuela. It's called the paper orchestra. It's a concept which is fascinating. They do it in a different way. My way is inspired by what I learned, which is the Suzuki training. So then we, with the parents, they learn, we measure the size of the kit, what is the type of size of the instrument that the kids has to use. And then we design the pieces. I'm very open with that because I think this is the beautiful part is when the kids started to find their own artistic current abilities. I call it artistic engineering because they can see that everything that you want to do in life is you want to do it permanent and solid takes time. It's not like overnight, like a pizza, you go to the pizza place and in 15 minutes it's done. No, you need to glue it. You need to cut it. You need to press it down. You need to make sure that it's solid, that it's all is well glued and it's well done. And then you paint it and then you create it. So little by little, they learn how to build. And building takes time. 
That is, and at the same time, we are in enhancing two important elements, attention spans and patience. No, that's so right what you're saying. I think even in today's world, it's so important to learn the concept of building because at the end of the day, we are in a world today that technology is trying to teach us that everything is easy, that just everything is in one click, one touch, download, click on it. But what people don't realize is that even those things that you're touching, someone has to build them and someone needs to take some time And as you're saying, to learn that craft of building things. And it's incredible that you're mixing that also with music, right? Absolutely. I think it's seeing how they come out with different ideas. I I learned new something. Every class that we built, we've done four classes of paper orchestra in uh, Union City. And it's amazing how some parents always in each class bring something new that helps to improve the quality of the building and the design. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. What are the most incredible things that you've seen kids do with the, with those paper examples that you can share? I think the, the most fascinating one is that the kids, they taught me that the kids learn to understand that the sound doesn't come from the instrument because this, the instrument doesn't sound. You can make it sound. But that's not my purpose. My purpose is that through all of these games, how you gain confidence and you get easiness in the way you hold the bow and they hold the violin, you also learn how to create your own sound. So when they graduate, because there's a certain point in this process in which the kids don't want to do anymore because they want to say, where is my real instrument? Where is my violin? Where is my cello? I don't want to play this thing. And they have a little attachment because they built it. So they feel proud of it. But there's a moment they say, no, I don't want this anymore. So then this is when you start the transition into the real instruments. And it's when you start to hear this, oh, because they know because through the process how they want to sound, how they want to create a sound that has to come out of that instrument, but is essentially from within yourself. Yeah, no, totally. So Sam, when you go after a day teaching kids in school, and then I know you have multiple, I know besides what you do in Union City, you have other projects too, and you kind of have the same concept in each places that you go. When you go and go back home and just uh, you're just looking at yourself, what do you think you ultimately achieve in, in, in life? What do you think is, okay, I'm doing this, and I'm, this is my contribution to the world. What is it that you think is your contribution today? Understanding that, like, uh, I love your concept because I think you think of local, but local has a universal transcendency. Uh, It transcends. So the kids know, for example, that they have brothers and sisters in other programs. For example, in the Bronx, they started, I train teachers to develop the same concept and they develop in their own way. We have in, have done it in Texas, in Mexico, in Colombia. Some of my friends are in Portugal, in France, in Europe and different parts of the world. Even in China, I have some friends who are interested in that and developing the idea. So they develop in their own circumstances. But then the, the, you can see that there is a connection, that we're part of a universal community that started with a local passion to create a, a musical community. So then it transcends to other things. That's always a stress. Look at what the other kids are doing. 
They are doing the same thing as you. So you're not the only one because sometimes it's our, that's the fear in the kids. Oh, I'm the only one. So I'm kind of weird. Hmm. And they don't realize um, through this, we make them realize, no, you're not doing by yourself. You're part of an amazing community. Your family is bigger than you expect than you think. And I know part of the project is that you guys, you rehearse, you build these instruments and everything. And towards the end of the program, which is actually, I know it's happening now, you guys put together a performance, right? How is that process? Why the performance? Why do you think the performance is important in their experiences as well? With the performance, the kids from the paper orchestra, we are not performing with the other ones because uh, they are very little. They are three years to uh, between three and a half years to five. And uh, this now, as this is what the one of the essential elements that the kids learn from there is the stamina. In order to succeed in life, you need to have strength and uh, energy and stamina to keep going. So the kids graduate from the paper instrument, and now we have an. We, I think the the kids that belong to your son's generation are the ones who are now in the beginner orchestra, and this orchestra is better than the beginner orchestra we started ten years ago. So it's it's amazing how the evolution you get better you in the way you communicate in the way you understand how kids react and learn. And then when they put it together, I'm not even conducting that orchestra anymore because I'm concentrated with the paper orchestra. But it's fascinating to hear the kids in the videos and the recordings that the parents share because we are organized by WhatsApp groups. So everything goes into a WhatsApp group and we share pains, joys, videos, photos, everything is goes in there. All the information that the parents need to know about the program, concerts, rehearsals, and everything goes there. But at the same time, we share those little clips Wow, something good happened today. So then, wow, that's uh, it. Really inspired the parents to really keep believing that the kids can succeed, even though sometimes it's not easy. Yeah, and what I see too is like you you start seeing. I think in, in when you put together a performance and you see all the different kids too, you start to see also the differences of personalities too, which they kind of show when on the way they perform, correct? Yes. And also we are now at the level that we have a high degree of maturity. So we are fostering leadership. For example, in the advanced orchestra, it's a kid who started. Now we ask him, listen, we need a strong leader in the second violins. We need someone who can really mentor them and help them because the second violin is a little younger than the first violin group. And he just took on. And it was fascinating to see how, okay, do this, check your bow, check this measure. This finger can be better for this. Check, remember, write down the bowing. So that discipline that we need to have in the orchestra is done through their own kids. We have a concert master who is really, she's a wonderful kid. And she's like a fantastic with a student in the academic world. And now she's a concert master. She won the prize for the New Jersey State. So you see leadership racing. So now uh, this is the dream. Now we started to let the kids conduct. So nice. they can see how challenging they can be, but at the same time, how come fun you can see, wow, I'm listening to other things that I never thought I could do. So then my dream is that sooner or later, they are going to conduct. And this is going to take, I love to play. So I love playing. So I can just sit in the orchestra and help them playing. And then there's somebody else learn 
to how to conduct, how to transmit, and how to get, embrace and they get them together and make the music in a really vibrant way. Yeah, incredible, incredible. What are your plans now in the school? What are the next steps? What are you guys thinking for the next few years? Is there anything that is going to be changing or what kind of changes are you implementing now or to expand or what, where are you guys are now? We're in the process of consolidating a facility. So we are in Weehawken now with the support of Mayor Turner, who has been very a blessing. And we have a former school that now is becoming a cultural center and it has amazing potential. So we need to renovate it. We need to create it acoustically friendly because it has very high ceilings. So the reverence affects how you hear things. So we need to work on that. We need to condition a lot of the rooms that are, because it was the seven years and plus the pandemic um, with no activity. We need to expand the paper orchestra to a whole symphonic level. We have, uh, we need to expand it and we need to make more connections within the state and uh, in New York, making a little more visible with the program. So now I think we're coming out of the pandemic. So a lot of things have been readjusting because some kids uh, focus their, their interest in other things. Now that we are back into, we could say, normality or normal activities that having in-person instruction and playing and performance, then things are going to be changed. But we need to expand. We need to uh, grow into a, a real symphonic orchestra that can do anything. For example, my dream is we just, I don't see circumscribe the repertoire into just to classical because I think the quality of the training that we have now within the kids and the exposition to different rhythms in, around the world, I think can make those kids in a different dimension. Mm. For example, the son is playing cuatro. Now he can see that we can use cuatro in the orchestra, that we can adapt, we can use loops, we can do electronics, we can compose using that. The orchestra is going to be like the vehicle, the mean to foster more creativity. That's the dream. Interesting. I, this is amazing, Samuel. I get chills when I hear you talking about this. You're so passionate about this and you really see the effects of your passion in all these kids when they play, when they do performance, when I see them rehearsing. I see, I, I've been an active, during the last year, I've been visiting the facilities and seeing the rehearsals and seeing the kids and the families. So it's, it's an amazing job what you guys are doing uh, in this community. I'll make sure to add all the information of the school and everything on the credits of the podcast and every piece of content that we're going to be sharing. But I want you also to tell how people can contact you guys how can get you in touch and how can people support you? We can. We have a nice website. It's called UCMP and you will, it's on, on social media. You can help us by donating financial means, also instruments. You can visit our program firsthand. You're more than welcome. Let us know. In the, in the social media, we have the contact information through me, through Melina, through our amazing team that we have. And then you're more than welcome to visit. That's how things happen. Yeah. I use social media and the website as the entrance, the introduction. But the best way is just to come and see the kids in action. Absolutely. I think yeah. it's, it's, there is no substitute to that. That's, that's true. And some of that you can see it in social media. 
in some videos, at least you can get a tease of what it is, but it, there's nothing better than to go there and see it in person. That The first time that you invite us to be there and we did the trial, it was, it, it's not the same to listen to, you are super passionate and everything. And I get turned out immediately when you talk about this, but as you're saying, when you hear the kids and everything, that the job is definitely done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Samuel. Thank you very much for your time. I hope we can continue doing more conversations like this and see how this program is evolving in, in, in future episodes. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add or anything that I didn't ask that you wanted to share. I'm very grateful, Daniel and your team, for allowing the Junior City United Children Music Project to be in your podcast. And, and as we share, you're more than welcome to visit. You can visit our social media, but it's better in person. Agreed. There's nothing better than <laughs> that. That music in person, yes. That human contact and the, the feeling and the, 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 the joy of the kids and the screaming and jumping and happy. That's what will bring you into our program. So you are more than welcome to visit and be part of it. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Samuel. Thank you, everyone. This is another episode of Purposely Local. I hope to see you in our next episode. Thank you very much.